Welcome to Data Skeptic, in our continuing series on natural language processing. Today I wanted to get a little bit more practical, maybe inspire a few of you to find a good data set, open up your Jupyter Notebook, IDE of choice, or command line, and really get down to business. You know, you don't necessarily need a massive corpora, although it helps. And you don't have to do deep learning, although you can. In this episode, I talked to Julia Silge, co-author with David Robinson of Text Mining with R, a tidy approach. This is a hands-on text about how you can get started with text mining in R. I talked to Julia about how she got into data science, what R has to offer, and some of how natural language processing plays into her role at Stack Overflow. Let's get into that. My name is Julia Silge, and I'm a data scientist at Stack Overflow. Awesome. Well, tell me a little bit about your background and how you came into the data science world. My academic background is in physics and astronomy. I have a PhD in astrophysics and an undergrad degree in physics. And I, I worked in academia for, um, for a while. And then I worked in, um, for an ed tech company for a startup doing um, some content development. And about three or four years ago, I decided that I wanted to make a transition into data science. There were a couple of reasons that made it the right time for me to do that when I was decided. I looked around at a collection of personal and professional circumstances, and I saw, I'd seen a couple of friends making this transition, and I thought, wow, these people have this job where they're spending their time doing some of the things that I loved most about when I was an academic astronomer. Like they're spending their time dealing with real world data, writing code to analyze it. They're making graphs every day and communicating about it. And and also such a huge part of the job of being a data scientist in the real world, like a boots on the ground data scientist, is investing time and energy in communicating about what does this data analysis mean? What does the statistical predictive model that I trained, what is it telling us about our customers or our users? This predictive machine learning model that I built, how certain can we be about it? In what situations can we apply it or can we not? This issue of like understanding and communication with business stakeholders, with software developers, with product managers. I see there's a lot of direct links back to when I was a professor teaching classes to a lot of these um pieces of my career that I had before that I thought, oh, that that's like the fun part of those jobs that I loved doing. And I think that would be a really great fit for my interests and my skills oh, and where, where I've come from, my, my background and what I would like to do. I had some chunks of what's needed for getting a data science job, but I was missing a few pieces. For example, when I was in astronomy, some of the modern machine learning methods had not really been embraced by the astronomical community back when I was active. So that was something that I needed to brush up on and and learn. So I I spent some time brushing up on some of those skills and combined that with what I already had and then started applying for jobs. So um, my job at Stack Overflow is the second one where my title is data scientist. And I've, I consider myself being in this world, this data science world for, um, I'd say, three or four years now that I've been fully in, in this world. And what specifically got you interested in natural language processing? 
So I am somebody who has always been a reader. I have always loved books. Actually, when I was young, I said, oh, I want to be a writer when I grow up. I, I was always one of those kids who had their nose in a book. And when I was thinking about um, you know, going to college, I, I I was somebody who was like, I don't know, like, what kind of path should I go on? Should I go on a path that's more STEM focused? Or should I go on a path that is more uh, humanities focused? Because I really do love both. I did end up going on this like physics, code, data, astronomy path. And I'm very happy because I love it. And it's fun to you know study all those things and it's brought me a lot of career fulfillment but there, there this is still also this part of my life that I'm like I just love like reading and words and when I um, was in this situation where I was reflecting on this career transition that I was trying to make like I need to enter into data science um, and how am I going to demonstrate that I have these skills um, I I I'm pretty confident I can do this job. Like I'm, I'm, I have a background with a certain amount of skills. I'm learning these other skills, but how am I going to demonstrate that to people? This is something I think that's really common for lots of people transitioning into data science from various backgrounds. It's not really standardized yet, right? Like what's the sort of the signaling, right? The like, yes, I can do this job, right? Like when someone's new. So the approach that I had seen other people do and that, you know, one of the things you hear people say is like, okay, you need to have a portfolio, like you need to have projects that demonstrate your ability. So I started putting together a portfolio of projects and some of them I used um, some open data from the state where I live. And those were fun to work on because it was like very relevant, you know, to where I live, like some things about water use. I live in, in the West, you know, where we have droughts and stuff. So that was fun. But then I sat down and I thought, okay, what else do I want to do? you know what they say, write what you know. Uh -huh. <laughs> and, so, and so I thought, oh, my, so my very favorite author ever in the whole world is Jane Austen. Jane Austen's novels are all in the public domain. And I thought, oh, look, I can get her novels, the full text of them. They're available via Project Gutenberg. You can get the full text of them. And then um, I'm going to, I'm going to, this is going to be one of my projects for my portfolio. So that was the first time that I did anything with um, text mining or nat natural language processing was part of my portfolio to try to transition into data science. So this was maybe four years ago or three, three or four years ago at this point. That first choice that I made opened up this whole world to me, this whole world that has had a huge impact on my career and the kind of opportunities I've had. Because it turns out that many people are in this situation similar to me where, oh, okay, I'm a data scientist or a data analyst, and I maybe have like a quantitative background. I'm trained to analyze like a nice rectangle of data that's full of numbers. But gosh, now I have, now I'm working at some company in some domain, whether that's finance or healthcare or tech. And now I have all this text. I have this text I need to analyze. And what am I going to do, right? I don't have a computational linguistics background. And that's this is basically me I'm talking about, right? And so when I started experimenting with text mining and natural language processing, it became very obvious that there was space, that there was a need for new tooling to be developed, for tooling to be developed for your everyday data scientist to be able to have better tooling to deal with text. 
I love the ecosystem of tidy data principles and the tidyverse tooling um, within the R world. And when I started to look at like, what can I do with text mining and natural language processing? I saw this opportunity and then I was connected with a collaborator, my friend and collaborator, uh, Dave, David Robertson. Together, we started to build um, a package, a packet, an R package called Tidy Text. And the purpose of this package was to be a bridge, a bridge between the ecosystem in R, the Tidyverse suite of packages. So if you've ever heard of ggplot2 for data visualization, or if you ever have used dplyr for data manipulation, that world, it's a bridge between that world and text. Well, when we began the interview, I didn't realize I'd uh, end up giving credit to Jane Austen for the creation of some NLP libraries in R, at least partial credit, I guess. Absolutely. She's like, she's why I'm here. (laughs) What was the nature of the project you did with the um, books that you analyzed of hers? I did some sentiment analysis of Pride and Prejudice. And I looked through the course of the book, which parts of the book have more joy or sadness words. And I made these heat maps of the, uh, through the book where you can see where um, does the narrative become more intensely sad or where does the narrative become more intensely joyous. And so you can visually see in these heat maps that go from the beginning to the end, what is going on. You know, in the show notes, maybe we can put a link to that initial blog post. But but then I would love for people to see a more modern set of tooling now. Like what I would, I would probably not use that initial, that tooling I would probably not use today. Like I would probably use a different set of tooling today. Yeah, I'd love to get into that. I'm a longtime R user and you know, maybe 10 years ago, I was thinking about taking on an NLP project. And uh, I should, I guess, be careful how I phrase this, but R didn't seem like the right language. Um, <laughs> tell me a little bit about what's changed and uh, what's the general pitch for starting your project in R? I am not going to fight with anybody about what language they want to use. I like if somebody wants to use something else, that's great. And I think we don't need to fight about slices of the pie. But I am willing to make a pitch for using R as a data scientist, and I am willing to make a pitch for using R for natural language as well. So let me give it to you. Let me give you my pitch. First, let's start a little bit more generally. As a data scientist, R is my main tool of choice, my main language of choice. And the reason why I use R is because of two things. One is the existence of the Tidyverse suite of tools. They make me very efficient and fluent at handling data. I can take data from a database, from um, some messy real source, and I can fluently and quickly get it into the form that I need to do what I need to do, whether that's some kind of statistical analysis or modeling. The second piece is that R has a mature community around it for statistical modeling, and that extends into sophisticated machine learning from regularized regression to random forest to even now things like TensorFlow. So those two pieces together are the reasons why I choose R as a data scientist. Now let's go a little more specifically to natural language processing. 
the existence of tidy text lets you extend everything that I just said to the domain of text. So you can now use that efficient, fluent, human-centered framework for dealing with data in the using tidy data principles to deal with the text that you have. And you can do that for whatever kind of question you need to answer about your text, whether that is something on the simpler end, like I need to understand term frequencies. I need to do sentiment analysis. I need to summarize the characteristics of my text. Or whether that means you need to go into more sophisticated machine learning questions to do with text. You can approach questions of machine learning with text by embracing the mature communities that already exist in R when it comes to machine learning and predictive modeling. One example that I I give is, do you need to do text classification? You can use, for example, the GLMnet package and regularized regression with tidy text together to do that kind of sophisticated text classification. We, We have these building blocks in R that can be put together to get performant, efficient, effective results. Listeners, you know, I'm always looking for new ways to challenge myself and find new things to learn, and I know you are too. And one of my favorite ways to do that is with The Great Courses Plus. Today I want to tell you specifically about one of their courses called Mind-Bending Math, Riddles and Paradoxes. Now, if I was a betting man, I would suspect most listeners already know about the birthday paradox. But do you know about voting paradoxes? What about the Banach-Tarsky paradox? or Zeno's Paradox. You know, these aren't just brain teasers and fun, interesting corners of mathematics. They're actually important to the foundations of what mathematics is and why we trust that it's sound and logical. Mind-bending math looks at the fascinating, timeless riddles that have puzzled some of the greatest thinkers in history, and it's packed with fantastic exercises to improve focus and make you a better thinker. And when you sign up for The Great Courses Plus, not only will you get access to that course, but their entire library of other fascinating topics. Watch and listen to lectures from experts who are knowledgeable and engaging. You can enjoy these lectures at any time from anywhere. There's so much more to discover on The Great Courses Plus. And as a data skeptic listener, you can start enjoying all this great content for free. Sign up today through this special URL to get your free trial. It's thegreatcoursesplus.com slash data. Remember, that's thegreatcoursesplus.com slash data. And what are some of the ways you've been able to use text analytics and natural language processing in your role at Stack Overflow? So at Stack Overflow, we have a lot of text. <laughs> we, people come every day and type text in at our website. So Stack Overflow, I, I imagine many of your listeners are familiar with what Stack Overflow is, but Stack Overflow is the world's largest online community for developers. It's a, like developers, data scientists, anyone who codes um, comes and to, to learn and share knowledge. And at Stack Overflow, I work on kind of two categories of questions. One category is directly related to how we generate revenue, um, like clients um, who want to 
um, hired people, clients who want to advertise to our users. The other category is related to more directly to Q&A, to what you probably think of when you hear Stack Overflow. So I work on, on issues around how can we make the process work better when someone is asking a question? How can we make Stack Overflow more welcoming and more inclusive? So these are kind of the two categories that I work on. And it turns out in all of those categories, I'm dealing with text. I'm not a data scientist who only works with text, but I, I work with text at least every week. One example uh, of when I would use text, for example, we do our developer survey every year. And on the developer survey, some of the questions are free response questions. So some of them are quite serious and some of them are fun. So, so as an example of a quite serious one, we asked, what do you think the best or and then we also ask who, what do you think are the worst thing about Stack Overflow is? Like, what are your, you know, we're, we're getting at, what are people's pain points you know, with Stack Overflow? And then I can, I can statistically analyze those responses and then look at, for example, an odds ratio. What are people more likely to say? What words are people more likely to say they are frustrated with versus what they are uh, happy with? So an example of like a more fun question that we asked uh, maybe two years ago, I think, is we asked um, what fictional representation of a coder, and then we asked four versions of the question, do you think is the um, most annoying, the best, the most inspiring, uh, and one other version. And so we got all these representation, all these answers of people. And so it was people from... Oh gosh, it was it was a delightful a delightful conglomeration of fictional coders, <laughs> and we could look at what were what men more likely to mention versus women more likely to mention. So, th so this is another example of when I've used text in my real job. We we also use text, for example, on our more directly revenue generating side. So we have we have jobs on Stack Overflow and job listings. And so we have models to match job listings based on their content with users. And so there's predictive models based there. So, the, so these are just a couple of the um, examples of how I use text in my day-to-day -day real life. So your book is Text Mining with R, A Tidy Approach. Who should pick this up and what are they going to learn in it? We wrote this book, Text Mining with R, for our users who are interested in getting started with text. I would say this is for people who have some knowledge of tidyverse approaches to data analysis. If someone is just getting started in R, I would recommend like a first book to get started would be um, Hadley Wickham's R for Data Science book. But if you looked at are for data science and you understand a bit about how dplyr works or you already have you know experience with dplyr and ggplot2 then that is who our book is for our book is for people who have um, enough experience they're somewhat comfortable with dplyr and ggplot2 and then you have text that you need to get started with if you have analyzed text in other idioms 
in R, then that this book is also for that person. If they're if that for that user who says, I maybe have tried another approach, um, maybe have had some frustrations with either performance issues or usability issues with some other approaches, then that this also book is for you as well. The first half of the book lays out concepts, lays out this approach, introduces uh, what are some of the common tasks that we do in text mining. And then the second half of the book, each chapter is a complete case study. So a beginning to end, let's start with a real set of data. Let's start from doing exploratory data analysis, uh, what is in this data set, and then through to the end of each case study of implementing some either machine learning model or like some other type of analysis to gain insight from that data set. Well, Julia, where can people follow you online? You can find my my website and blog at juliasilgi.com and I am pretty active on Twitter. My handle is Julia Silgi there. And our book is online in its entirety at tidytextmining.com. Fabulous. Well, thanks again so much for coming on and sharing your experience and insights. 